0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. If you're a sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended, then turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on my ghost Squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast live. This is episode number 229. Today is Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. If you're out there on the YouTube or Facebook side, go ahead and say something in the chat. We don't know that you're out there unless you do. If you have a question or something like that. You can call or text in. Yes, you can call or text into the show utilizing the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates at Aegis Gun Care. That phone number is scrolling. It is 530-364-4678. If you are a veteran, really anyone, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole and you're trying to climb out of it and you're wondering if there's still light out there, remember, please call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I sure as hell can probably be a decent ear and maybe talk you through some things. If you are looking for some way and someone to get you through some medical help, please remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are willing to help. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, please, please utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline. 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255, the Veteran Crisis Hotline. As always, we spotlight the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title of the United States Marine, please visit the website marines.com. And as always, we're a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Please check out all the great podcasts over at selfdefenseradio.net. Let me get this off of my ugly mug and say hello to our special guest tonight. Before we get to, to Rob Squared over here, we are going to bring in our uh, shotgun rider, our quasi-co-host from the great state of Texas, the tactical virus, I mean, uh, Leprechaun. What's up, Clove?
1: Hey, man. Hey, man. How's
0: it going, man? Uh, it's all good. Well, oh, good. You are very talkative tonight. That's going to be wonderful. Uh, since you are riding shotgun, we, as most people know, we do a shotgun of the week. Clover, what is the shotgun of the week?
1: Let's go with a Marlin Model forty nine.
0: A model, a Marlin 49. Model forty nine.
1: Forty nine.
0: I don't know anything about that one. You want to talk two seconds about what the hell that is?
1: Yeah, pump shotgun. Was never in the Marlin catalog back in the day. I don't remember when, early ish nineteen hundreds, twenties or thirties, maybe. You were given that shotgun if you bought four shares of Marlin stock at twenty five dollars per share. Well, I'll be damn. I may or may not have one of those.
0: So for a hundred bucks, you're getting four shares of stock,
1: and, and I glad, and I would gladly trade that for four shares of of marlin right now sure the you would if, absolutely yeah absolutely. if anybody's interested we could we could do a swap if you've got four shares that has to be the equivalent of four shares back then but
0: I yes would gladly yes.
1: trade that yeah
0: absolutely uh real quick screaming skull saloon says remember to hit the thumbs up button." we always like that more importantly he says order me a large pepperoni pizza so i think he's probably hungry i think we all probably are at this point uh, so we're going to bring in our special guest for the week. Remember, guys out there, we haven't, we didn't put up any polls out this week. I, honestly, I forgot. I'm not going to lie, I I forgot to put my polls out, but I did put one out there in the chat. So for right now, we're going to uh, we've we're going to let this go. It's got 16 votes. We're going to let it go for a little while what is the most important when buying a gun? Price, features, aesthetics, or customer support? Make sure you vote in that poll, and we'll we'll take a look at those results a little bit later. Throughout this podcast, guys, if you're live and you have a question for myself or either one of the Robs about what we're talking about, please tag myself or Clovertack, and we'll try to get those questions answered if they are related to the the conversation. So uh, there's a lot of people out there uh, wanting to know what's going on. So we are going to welcome, well, Rob Square. We have Rob C. and Rob F., both from Lionheart Industries and uh, home of the Regulus Pistol. If you guys are not familiar, we're getting ready to dive into that rabbit hole. So let's bring them in real quick. Uh, We met Rob Curtis, Rob C., at SHOT Show and had some really cool conversations With him and all that so uh it's it's been about what a month since we've seen you but how's it going rob you everything everything going good with you
2: yeah man i I made it back from shot show in in good shape uh or so i thought uh i picked up a little bit of uh the omicron while i was there and uh (laughs) yeah i'm sure people did but uh it gave me a new perspective uh i really really be healthy and moving around
0: Yeah, for me, I just got like, I don't know how bad you got, but I just got like a head cold congestion and I lost my taste for a couple of days. I never got a fever. I never felt bad. I just, the weirdest thing was losing my taste. It was when you know you're getting ready to eat something and you know what it's supposed to taste like and then it's just nothing. It was it was very weird, I'm not going to (laughs) lie.
2: Well, the version I had was probably similar to yours, but had such brain fog uh, and such fatigue that I was really, 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 been about maybe about since I've been feeling much better. So grateful be to be yeah. over it.
0: Shit out of the way. Sounds good. And we've got so Rob real quick before we jump into this. So for people who know we we're gonna call them Rob C and Rob F. Rob, what are your responsibilities <laughs> real quick over at Linehart?
2: My responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. So marketing for the company, a little bit of sales, and and I'm the guy that answers the phones and. <laughs> Uh if people people uh, send emails in to the we care uh we at lionheart.com, those go right to my inbox and uh, I try to make I try to make everybody a happy customer.
0: That's awesome. And the, the next person we're bringing is Rob F. We're gonna call him Rob F. We got Rob Squared, you know, DJ Easy Rock and Rob Bass. It takes two here. So uh we're gonna bring Rob F in. What's going on, Rob? Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. I, we appreciate it very much.
0: And so, if I'm not mistaken, you're this the, the head honcho over there at Lionheart, correct? Right.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, I am the guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've always wanted to know what it's like to be the CEO of a gun company. I, I, it'd be pretty cool, but I mentioned there's a lot of stress involved with that as well.
3: Yeah, I. Uh, it's one of those things If you knew what you were in for You would never sign up for it
0: <laughs> Well, we're glad you have you on And we're going to talk some really cool stuff We're going to talk your company We're going to talk your products uh, And anything else that comes down the line I'm sure uh, we'll jump into it as well um, Before we get going We like to have a little fun And have a little uh, rapid fire So I'm going to throw a couple questions at you Rob C, this is for you 50 BMG or an MP5? MP5 all day. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Rob F. Luke Skywalker or Han Solo?
3: Oh man, that's a hard oh, one. That's a easy one. I go Luke Skywalker. Oh. All right, I'm
0: gonna I mean, mute yeah. Rob F for the rest of the show because that was the rock <laughs> <kid>. <laughs> I've always been a Han guy because he's a smart ass. No one expects anything from him. He gets Princess Leia, so I mean, let's just go with that. Um mm-hmm. people are saying Skywalker. I don't, I don't, I don't believe anything out there in the Skywalker. Um, yeah, anyway, so let's go back to Rob F on this one. What was your first car? Mine? Yep,
3: your first car. A Chevrolet Lumina black. It's a four-door sedan. Ooh. Yeah, there's, right. n- there's absolutely nothing special about that car.
0: <laughs> hey, it was a car. That was special about it, right? Yeah,
3: you know, it was, and I made the most of it. I'm a big car guy, so I took that car, and I tinted the front headlights yellow. Probably the most tacky thing you could do, but as a 16-year-old, it sounded cool. 5% tint on the windows, and then I removed the entire rear seat and built an 8-cubic-foot subwoofer box with interchangeable ports, So, I can both compete in SPL competitions, but I could also change out the port, retune it for music, some musicality, so I could drive down the street and listen to it. And uh, my friends would always tell me they knew I was coming because they could hear me a block away. I was, I literally was that guy.
0: That's awesome. Uh, (laughs) Gizard Gary out there says he had a 2000 Lumino a while back. So, he knows what you're talking about.
3: There you go. And mine had manual windows and manual door locks. You got to I, the, 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 your manual like air that.
0: conditioner, man. That's how the air conditioner used to roll, you know.
3: Yeah, I think that's the last car they ever made with manual windows, and I got it. So <laughs> maybe it's a bit special.
0: There's something special about that car. Something special about that car. Uh Last question. We'll go to Curtis and say, is a hot dog a sandwich?
3: Hmm. This
2: one's harder than the Han Solo one. But
0: <laughs> it is. It is.
2: I'm, I'm gonna say it is. Can I say it's almost a sandwich?
0: I guess you could. Sure. Sure. It's
2: like halfway That's, to a sandwich.
0: It's it's halfway. See, I, I don't think it's a sandwich because I think sandwich is two pieces of bread, and it's a hot dog mm-hmm. bun. You know. But then the argument comes in as a sub-sandwich than a sandwich because a lot of times it's one piece of bread, too. So it's 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 all over the place. But I always say when you go to a restaurant, is a hot dog underneath the sandwich or is it its own thing? I think a hot dog and a burger are its own thing. So I don't know. I don't know. That's why we ask the tough questions around here.
2: Well, what, well a hamburger has got to be a sandwich then.
0: Because it has two pieces of bread. Right.
2: Right. So a hot dog is its own animal. I think I'm going to go I with that so. one.
0: I, I think it's it's I, you know, I don't know clover Clover night we've, we've been doing this for a lot of years and you know, I would say it's about 60 40, 60 lean towards not a sandwich, but there's still a large contingency of people out there that think it's a sandwich. so we continue to ask the question. It's fun. So oh. So Rob dropped out. We'll see if he comes back in. It says device is not connected. He must have uh, pushed the button or might have lost. He'll come back in. We'll get him here in a second. He probably tried to That's mute, a,
1: hit the wrong button. Happens he very, he button.
0: very well could have hit. Yep. I think he's back. Oh, nope. Not let me back in yet but he'll come back. So we'll start with, with Rob C. Um, and I want to kind of get, first of all, let's we'll start off by kind of your background. Cause you've got an interesting background, a long background in the firearms industry, but kind of give people maybe your background and how that led to Lionheart.
2: Well, uh, my interest in guns sort of comes from uh, a military perspective. Uh, I worked for the military times for about 17 years uh, as a photojournalist, and then I started a blog while I was there called Gear Scout, uh, and that sort of led me to uh, an interest in all kinds of things. But the guns definitely were an interesting part of that thing. And when uh, I decided to leave that company and join Recoil, uh, I ended up at Recoil for about five five six years as the executive editor, um, and then once once. I left Recoil. I decided to cash in a little bit and see what it was like on the dark side. Um, after dealing with, uh, you know, dealing with that industry on one side, um, I felt like I had a pretty decent handle on things and could see if I could put some of my my skill set to use um, on the industry side. And that's when, you know, I talked to Rob. We spent about I don't know a month and a half talking about it before I I decided to jump and go for it uh, and join Lionheart. I mean, it's a small company uh, doing some really, really cool things in the industry. Um, it's kind of unheard of some of the things that we're doing, um, the way that we're working to make sure that our, you know, to make a, an absolutely top quality product without cutting any corners at all um, and really looking out for everything. You know, I, I reviewed a lot of guns when I worked for, for recoil um, in, in the military times as well so i feel like i've got a pretty good handle on what people really expect out of guns um and i'm trying to channel all of that you know that that inner cynicist into uh you know a really top-notch firearm and
0: absolutely uh before we move on a quick shout out mandatory carry three dollar super chat appreciate you guys uh we do not ask nor do we expect or ask for super chats we don't do anything with that but if you do know that all the money generated through super chats we send that money to send care packages overseas to our troops downrange. so uh thank you for that mandatory care i appreciate you every week bro uh thank you for supporting our our troop overseas so i appreciate it um yeah and, and, and rob c you'll we'll go back to rob uh you know when we first met and we were outside actually we, we met inside talk while and we happened to run each other outside. And we talked for a lot more. And when you've told me about the recoil and all that, that was really interesting because I don't know many people that are involved in the corporate side of, of firearms that have that long and extensive background of it's still media, but especially like a print media um, going back. And and that's, that's got to give you guys some advantages of at least knowing the media side of how it works. So that, that was pretty cool. And recoils. Cool, still recoil still so recoils. that's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah. Uh, it was, it, you know, recoil is a great publication. Uh, it's run by some really top notch people. Um, they take, you know, take no prisoners in any of the reviews. Um, and that's right. it, it's really, um, really, a, you know, on a mission to make sure that people, if they're going to spend money on a gun, they're going to get what they expect to get out of it. And, yeah. you know, you don't always get that. Uh, with a gun and and we're there to try to hold people's feet to the fire. I I was there to, to do that. And now moving forward, you know, with Lionheart uh, I carry those same expectations forward. Uh, And, you know, having, having a professional gun reviewer on your staff is probably not the easiest thing um, as Rob can probably attest to Uh, I'm probably pickier as I'm at least as picky as our customer if not more so.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually, and you might, and, you and Rob, I'm sure, have interesting conversations, but having that gun reviewer and all of that, especially one that has um, holding companies' feet to the fire, I think that that probably helps in what you guys are doing because you know what you're looking for out of a firearm and what people seem to be looking for out of a firearm, and if you're able to implement that into your own, that's probably going to be a thing that works out for you guys, for sure
1: let's
2: Let's go to
0: yeah let's hope so uh let's go to rob f let's go to the ceo um and i want to kind of get your story because i don't know i don't know how old you are but you definitely look younger than any of us that are in this room so i want to know maybe your background in firearms and how the hell did you get to decide to purchase and grow a firearms company because that's fascinating to me
2: i think you are
0: you're muted, hey, I think. Robbie, I don't know if you're muted or not, but I can't hear a word you're saying. Uh-oh.
2: No, you're still glitch.
0: Let me uh, go down to that camera mic button down below and see if it's hooked up to your audio somehow.
1: Yeah, glitch 20 when he jumped maybe out.
0: Go so ahead and leave and then come back in. We'll see if it, it might have glitched when you jumped out. Let's see if it comes back in here in a second um but yeah it would be interesting to to know because once again we were talking earlier rob and i I would i say that i would love to own my own gun company but i really don't know if i would (laughs) i really don't know if i would like i said that's it's got to be stress um especially with the design the ideas and you can only do so much with guns so coming up with something original has got to be pretty tough too sometimes
2: well, it's it's a hell of a lot of fun, um, and that that's the, exactly what you're talking about is coming up with something original and really challenging ourselves to look at you know where the industry is going, um, to sort of look at what we've got now in our hands and then decide where we want to be. That's a that is actually a lot of fun. We have some really great conversations, um, you know, in our staff meetings about where we want to take the company and what products we want to put out
0: i hear i hear rob so it sounds like we got audio back so rob once again i don't know if you heard me but kind of give maybe the audience a background and your background in firearms and then the whole decision making process of getting involved with linehard and now having your own firearm company
3: well yeah i'd love to tell that story it's a it's a fairly long story so i'm going to try to just hit the highlights yeah um so i always wanted to be an engineer i've been taking things apart since i was probably old enough to handle a screwdriver i take apart little small engines and i remember putting one back together with no gaskets and i was able to get it running just a little weed eater engine it was burning gas out the side like an arterial bleed but it uh it freaking ran i was so happy i never did anything with that I was make a little go ped, but i never did uh story of my life i have lots of unfinished projects
0: <laughs> i think we're all whoop. i think oh. we're all like that. <laughs> That was a great way to end it. Um, so mandatory carry real quick before Rob jumps in. I'll ask you, Rob, manufacturing or design? Uh, which I, 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 uh, maybe he's asking which one you like better from the business side of it.
2: Well, I guess, you know, we're, we're doing both at, at the moment. Uh, we have, I mean, we've got engineers that are, you know, that are working on, on the guns with us. Um, design is way more fun. Uh, design is... Design is something that that you can really you know be creative with, and yep. manufacturing is something that you know for people that really like you know ones and zeros, things are are very
0: precise. And I know I like nerd you know, out on that stuff. Know, yeah, I'm yeah, not that guy. i like design. Game design game I think we got Rob back. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm, I'm
3: using a different browser, so let's see if this oh,
0: okay, better. Sounds good. So um, you ended up on a great spot. If you know it worked out great, but uh, you have a lot of unfinished projects, bam, mic drop them out,
3: <laughs> yeah. So that's just like my childhood. I always knew I wanted to be an engineer. Well, even before I knew, I that's that's kind of what uh direction I was headed. So going to school, I went to uh graduate, I went to Purdue University mostly because it was,
0: it, was hmm. <laughs> it might be, I don't know if it's browser clover have you had this issue with people is it a browser is it maybe internet or what
1: Nah, internet doesn't usually do that it usually hangs yeah. up so yeah. yeah he's maybe getting a browser glitch there may be a plug-in or yeah. something taking i don't over. know if, Rob,
0: I, if you can hear me i don't know if you can or not try chrome if you have access to google chrome i, uh, I don't know him. that's the one that i use and i've never had an issue so that might it might be uh safari i think he said he's on a mac so safari i don't know um firefox i know some people use firefox they have an issue but
1: gizzard's know. out there gizzard's the mac guy as far as that's that. End of it. So maybe well, he's, he's, he's on a, a, it.
2: he's on a pc i'm on i'm on a mac but he's, oh, he's okay. using his, okay. his computer in, in the office and that's a that's a pc so uh and mm-hmm. we use it for our we use it all the time for our meetings so i'm not sure what's going on it might be something to do with the uh, so there, we go.
0: there we go. All right.
2: This story is great, Rob.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, Sorry, one guys. It, just- it's, 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 it happens. It, it happens, and there's no yes. telling. It might be a streamyard glitch, for all I know.
1: Welcome to live.
3: Yeah. Let
0: me welcome try to, to put live. This in real quick. And- all right. Oh, he went black. All right. There we go. Not I see you. Me. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Whoa.
3: What is going on? I don't know. Hello. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, I can hear you. This is not Okay, I can, I can hear you fine yeah, now. Yeah. So, I
0: think we're good. I think we're good.
3: Yeah, for being a technical guy, I sure, am, I'm sure I'm being tested. <laughs>
0: well, we'll uh, we'll get through it. We'll get forced in so,
3: fire. You know, it happens. That's there right. That's right. So, um, that's right. back to the story. So, I went to Purdue mostly because it was easy to get into. I was not. I was never the guy who had <laughs> the, the best grades, but I knew what I wanted to do, and I knew if I got into the school that I could that I could succeed really well um, because I'm I'm so driven. So I went to school, graduated with an electrical engineering degree, and then took a job in Florida because it was way too cold in the Midwest. So moved to Florida, took a job for a government contractor. They actually did, originally did like uh, like uh, bullet loaders. So they load like, um, uh, like 20 millimeter rounds into aircrafts, and they built a machine that would load those into the aircrafts. So they moved away from that, and then we started doing fuel automation systems, so I was the engineer, like it's got embedded engineer that does all the firmware and hardware to control, um, pumping fuel into like jets, uh, the accountings, the accounting for the fuel being pumped into jets. And then it got billed back to each base, whoever, 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 uh, the plane belonged to. So we did that. I did that for a few years. I met my wife and then moved to Atlanta and, uh, we started, or I took a job working as again for another defense company called Megat, um, mega training systems it was actually fats at the time was firearms training systems it became mega and i was really drawn to it because i mean it was firearms simulators that seemed really cool to me
0: yeah yeah that's pretty cool so how do you go from there to running lionheart i mean that's gotta be interesting that's gotta be an interesting transition right
3: yeah so just uh i mean i guess i've always been an entrepreneur never realized it so i I really didn't like the corporate world, just being stuck in a cubicle and looking around and seeing guys that were 30 years my senior and realizing I was going to be them. I was going to be that guy sitting in the cubicle, making just an inflation adjusted same wage, really, because we were getting 3% raises a year if if we got them at all. So and I, I made decent money. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I couldn't complain. I lived a solid middle class life, but right. um, I, I just really, I just aspire for more in everything I do. So I just started doing some side hustle. I just started contracting or consulting for electrical engineering. And I got, uh, I used like freelance. Uh, I was thinking it was elance.com. Um, hmm. Freelancing website, put my, put my profile up there, my background and got hired to do some, or bid on some jobs that I ended up designing circuit boards. I, I think I averaged $5 an hour by the time I finished that project because I underbid <laughs> so low. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, it's like any other business, that was the learning curve. Um, I ended up, getting a really big customer to design self checkout kiosks and he came to my house was working at my home office while working my day job and asked me hey could you could you um put this kiosk we had made in a cad and i was like yeah sure he said hey have you ever done sheet metal work and i said no i said i said a little bit but it was a it was a white lie i hadn't done any but i was so hungry for the business (laughs) that i i told him i had done some and he said I asked him later. I said, "Why did you hire me instead of the other seven guys you interviewed?" And he said, "Because you were the you wanted it the most." Uh, I guess I convinced him just through I sold him essentially. So I did that for a while until I got so busy with so many hours that I was actually able to quit my day job. Now, keep in mind, I was working. Uh, this is no exaggeration. At least twenty-hour days. So I would go do my day job for eight hours. I'd come home. I'd eat dinner. I'd go to the home office. I, you know, I'd kiss my wife and go to the. At the time, my girlfriend go to the home office, and then sit there until basically the sun came up. If I went to bed before the sun came up, I was usually pretty happy. If I went to bed after the sun came up, I was really, really not happy. So oh, wow. I'd get a couple hours of sleep and then go to work, drink a couple Red Bulls and, uh, on my way into the office, and then proceed to do my best to stay awake all day and be somewhat productive, albeit I was not that productive as you can imagine. Um, mm-hmm. And that went on for probably... I don't know, maybe six months before I, I got another pro. He, he, he had, a project and I said, um, I told the the wife I was married at this time. Actually, I told the wife that, uh, I couldn't do both. There were just too many, the, the numbers just didn't add up. There were not enough mm-hmm. hours in the day to both do my day job and that, and I had been recently called in a my boss's office to, and essentially reprimanded for not being productive as productive as I had been. So, I was like, now's the time. I wanted to leave on a good foot. I didn't want to leave any burn bridges because right. that's, that's not who I am. So, yeah, so I put in my notice in those two weeks were excruciating because I just saw the work stacking up. Anyway, quit that. Um, I'm going to try to jump ahead now because that, that's kind of instrumental. People want to know, like, how do you go from working for somebody to, to quitting you know, and doing your own thing? That's pretty instrumental to, to how we got here. So from there, um, I... I just wanted to design my own products. I'm designing products for other people, and I see. I, I just wanted to do my own thing. I've been designing products like little gadgets. Like I designed a boost control for boost controller for a turbo car I would built. All kinds of little things that never made it to market. They go on the shelf and be unfinished forever. They live on their they live their life on the shelf. So um, I designed. After I, I designed the Exotac NanoStriker. So little known fact, maybe I don't know. Um, I also own Exotac. Uh, so we're a premier survival uh, manufacturer really so we manufacture yeah we manufacture spires all kinds of fire starting goods we've started to get into more edc and just That's general awesome. purpose. yeah so i just started i designed that through a friend he was working for or he he had he had gotten a laid off and he started an outdoor store and i saw what was on the market i'm like they were just plastic handles with a rod pressed in them and they they were they were just junk for, straight from china there was just nothing exciting even the ones that were like a well-made were a wood handle, somebody had turned on a lathe. And they, and they were beautiful, but they were really expensive. And then they put a rod in it. Um, the state of the art at the time was was n- not very advanced. And I just looked at that and said, hey, I think I can do better. Um, and, and I'm skipping parts of the story because it's just too long of a story. But I basically designed my own and then um, had to create a website. And, and I bought, um, my wife and I, we had saved. We had, I think literally we had 10 grand in the bank and that was everything, including all the money I had made um, consulting so everything in the game huh yeah so i bought a thousand of each and just said hey if i could sell them in a year it would just be extra money it would be passive income is what i those were literally the words i used uh it ended up being far less than passive but (laughs) um so every day i'd come home from work and i'd ship so i'd go and ship all the orders then i'd go work on my computer so now i have essentially i had uh well actually that was going on for a little while while i was still working but um so i had three jobs at one point so anyway so that was Exotech. So I was still- well,
0: you were the shipping director as well. That's that. That's a job in itself. I I know yeah. the, the hassles of having to ship stuff sometimes.
3: Yeah, and my wife had a full time job, so she wasn't able to really. I mean, she'd help me ship at home when I got yeah. home, but I mean, she's working and she's stressed just like everybody else. So, um, yeah. So that jump ahead, I um, it's you know uh, that was in two thousand nine when I when I first sketched my my first product, which was a Nano Striker and the Ex- Exotech Mash Cap. So we're 13 years later, and I still own Exotech. Matter of fact, what you see in the rear are photos I printed on canvas. I think like oh, that's
0: pretty cool. That's
3: ten maybe nice. ten years ago. Oh, um, so that's there's a that's match caps on top. It's got uh, some five five six rounds AR mag. Then the original match caps on the bottom, and then you've got the Nano Striker at the upper right and the Poly Striker at the lower left. So. Nice. Yeah, so that company we just went through trade shows and that and that's where I met Rob. Actually, I met Rob at a, a blade show, the biggest the biggest knife show in the world, which is right here in Atlanta.
0: It uh, was in Atlanta. Yeah, I got a friend of mine that went there last year, and so it was awesome.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, Rob worked for military times, and I'd come across an article that was um, published about the top ten fire starters, and it had been published like like I mean, at this this point, it's 2012, so it had been published maybe six months or twelve months earlier. And I'd emailed Rob, and he never got back to me, and I was. Kind of annoyed by that, I was like, "Why did he not get back to
0: me? No, like, did he tra- did he trash your stuff? Is that why you wanted to get a hold of him?"
3: <laughs> no, I was I was upset that my fire starter was not in his magazine because it, it had wow. been around for like all of maybe two years, and you know, to me being so naive at the time, I had no idea how the, the cycle. Why worked. is the
0: number one? Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, so I mean, I didn't. I didn't care if he if he dogged it. I just wanted a a fair chance at you know being ranked and rated. That's all I've ever asked for is a fair chance. So when he he actually dropped by the booth and the first time I'd ever talked to him, meet him, and he's like, "Hey, I'm Rob Curtis." I'm like, "You're the mother, you know what?" (laughs) Who won't answer my freaking email? Like, I had so many mixed emotions. It's like seeing a celebrity, but it was also like seeing like a a, your bully from school or whatever, right? Like you're just like, I don't know if I want to kiss you, if I want to punch you. So. Um, I'm I'm glad you chose one of those. Glad you chose one that you did. I'm not going to say which one it was.
2: Yeah, chose the right way regardless. It
3: went went pretty well after that. (laughs) Yeah. So Rob, I just asked Rob. I I realized I knew nothing about media, print, uh, marketing. I know nothing about any of that at the time. So I asked Rob. I said, uh, I think I asked him like, how would I learn? He's like, just ask people. People, um, just ask questions. And I so then I asked him, hey, will you? Um, my wife and I are going to go to dinner. Can we take you to dinner? And can I pick your brain? Dinner's on me. And he's like, "Yeah, no me problem." Too. Yeah. So, we Cheesecake Factory. Uh, that that meeting resulted in me meeting uh, Denny Inc., which is a which is a pretty well uh, renowned PR firm out in uh, where Jackson. are they Jackson. Jackson, Wyoming. So they they do PR, or they did at the time. I haven't checked in with. Or like Arcteryx, I think Solomon, uh, a bunch of really big outdoor brands. And then here was my brand, which nobody really knew of. And we were able to, t- to work a deal where I could afford their monthly retainers somehow. And uh, they got us published with, with their help. We got published in like Backpacker, Outside Magazine, a bunch of great magazines. This is before social media was anything or even existed. So that was the only outlet you really had. Yeah. Yeah. So that, anyway, let's skip. So all those years i went from i was first importing the products because nobody would make in the usa finally i had no choice but to learn um i couldn't find anybody who could make them for an affordable price that i thought the market would bear and uh so i just said we're gonna um outsource them as long as we can until i could find somebody or i'm bringing in the house i found a guy in north georgia local to us about two hours away to do them he got a medical job um contract job and made way more money so after like uh, 12 months of making our products, he just got so far behind. He couldn't keep up. So I had a choice, either sending it back to China, bringing it in the house or shutting down the business at that point. I had employees, just a few, and I had a place I was renting. So I had real bills and it was a real job. So I, um, I bought a clapped out machine. I call it the equivalent of having a million miles on a truck.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just the idea and the decision to take this to a manufacturing side, you're literally at that point, if you weren't already all in, you were pushing everything to the middle, saying we're all in, we're going to try this. And that yeah. takes balls. And, and so, I mean, that that just kind of shows what kind of person you are. Like, let's go take a chance because that could have been the end of it all. Uh, real quick. G23 says, wants to know where you guys are located. Are you guys are still in Georgia? Correct. Is that, is that right?
3: Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. Lionheart's in Georgia.
0: Yeah. So I, I thought that's what it was, but uh yeah, so you you bought the manufacturing press to where now you can start making it in-house. And yep. that's you know, taking you to where we are right now.
3: Yep, so we bought that. Um, we, were, we ended up, uh, it took me six months to get the machine running. It had broken, bent drive shafts, bad bearings, bad wiring. Um, the <laughs> dealer sold it as good. He actually had to pay to truck it all the way back, rig it out, truck it all the way back to Ohio. Um, then truck it all the way back down to rig it back in because, I mean, I was not going to put up with that. I was going to either bring them down with me uh, just through social, you know, through – they were a new dealer of citizen machines. They sold me this used machine, so it wouldn't have been hard to run that up the ladder and just say, hey, I paid a ton of money for this machine, and I have a five-year note on it, and it literally is completely worthless. So they got it working, gave it back to me. And, I mean, granted, I was buying an old machine. It still was a six-figure machine. It cost me six figures. It was their most advanced machine they had ever made, and that's why it was so expensive. But it would do all of my parts. One machine that could do all of my parts because I couldn't afford two. So, needless to say, that machine probably, I probably threw parts at it once a month. told the wife, as soon as I could afford to buy a new one, I would. and a Ford, Or a
0: were meant- one, maybe, yeah.
3: Yeah. I meant just the payment. So, finally, I, I did that. So, let's jump ahead. Um, we, I'm we-
0: making a note right now. Rob. Vindictive will take you down <laughs> with him. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, I'm I'm a real. No, you nice have guy. to
0: be. It's it's it's, yeah, it's dog absolutely. eat dog, man. You had to do it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm a really nice guy until you screw me, and then my then I'm then sure. I then that side comes out. But other than that, I'd I'd do anything for my friends. I'd I yeah I'd do anything.
0: I'm the same way. You yeah. screw me once and. Uh, I'm not a very fun person to be around. Uh, So I I, I like people like that because you're always going to know where you stand with me. And that's all I ever want from someone. Good, bad, and different, I want to know where I stand with you. And I think that's the only way to go. And and people will say, well, I don't know if he likes me. Oh, no. You'll know if I don't like you. I promise you. You'll know very quickly if I don't like you. So, uh, And that's all you can ever ask from
3: someone, really. Yeah, it's the same.
0: All right. So we've gone. We've got... Man, More this getting, is man. crazy. Man, you are—you've had crazy. a hell of a life.
3: It's—it's it's been challenging. So, we're well, let's jump ahead to, to uh, what is it? Twenty? It was twenty twenty when uh, it was COVID in the heat of COVID. And uh, no, so by this time, Exodec was doing great. COVID. Uh, I was in fear that I was going to lose my entire business. They right. were, what were they saying? They were saying they were going to shut businesses down. And I mean, I. I couldn't run if we were down for a month i mean that'd be a death now it probably wouldn't kill us but it would probably be the beginning of the end so yeah. i mean manufacturers we run on really really thin margins i don't care what you make if you're manufacturing in the usa you're running on less than 10 percent net profit which means yes. you don't have much room especially a young business like this we just don't have the cash reserves that a 30-year business would so um i was terrified of that lots of stress um then i was i think i was i was texting dj which was the he's the guy who created liner he's the original founder and uh we had met early on during the outdoor retailer days of Exotech when i was doing trade shows and uh, we had a very similar design eye he was um it's very hard to find somebody who's as meticulous as me about design and and just expectations and, and he was that guy so we we bonded really well and we just we would talk like once or twice a year not not often he lives in washington state i text him and said hey I need a break from COVID and this is in like a summer. I said, I'm going to fly out there. I'm going to rent a dirt bike and we're going to go ride in the mountains because Washington has the, the most incredible dirt, like the most incredible black dirt for dirt biking, okay. which I've done all growing up. So I wanted to go out there and just kind of take my mind off of it. Just get basically just get lost in the woods for days and do some, and bike just
0: forget time. about everything. Yeah.
3: Yep. And he said, well, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. We should do that. But how about you buy my company? it's much less stressful (laughs) great stress reliever dj thanks yeah Yeah, Yeah. right just what i need so i'm like i just like you guys i was like what like dude there's no way i appreciate you having that much um confidence that that exotech is doing that well but surely you you know you guys are killing it and there's no way i can afford to buy that company um long super long super super long story short um we worked out a deal we struck a deal that, that that worked for both of us and um they were really between models of of firearms so they had so yeah. lionheart the story of lionheart, they uh quick and dirty is um dj was out in south Korea trying to import some old m1 Grands. uh they have mm-hmm. they have So many, I don't even know how many tens of thousands they have that they saved from the war. Some of them are new old stock in drums, still in all the um, Cosmoline that they ship them in. Uh, Very, very valuable. So he was trying to negotiate with them. He had made friends over there. Everybody loved DJ in South Korea. So apparently, in order to import those, you need permission from the State Department. And then it goes out for bid and it becomes this whole thing. You can't just go over there and say, I want to buy these guns and get a license to, to, to import them here. So he, he realized it wasn't going to happen quickly. And, uh, and he's also a big entrepreneur and risk taker like me. So he, uh, I think at the time, uh, S and T or Tassan, the, the ones who were building the pistols, said, well, Hey, we have, you know, these, these, this line of firearms and you could import these instead. These are all made brand new. And that's how the, uh, Lionheart LH9 came in. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He realized that that was a firearm that people were familiar with who had, who had been who had fought in the war and a lot of people or I wouldn't say a lot of people but there was a there was a niche in the states of people who would like to import those so that was what he that's the role he took on and, and, and other companies have imported them over the years and um, he imported them and created the Lionheart brand to put on them and, and did some cosmetic and some other functional improvements to the firearm before import- importing them. There you go. So
0: there's the LH9 guys, and and there's still on your website is the legacy guns are still available, and we're we're going to talk a little bit about that because uh, talking with with Rob C at Shot, there's some cool stuff that you guys are are doing with those legacy ar- firearms, which I think is cool. But so so you you get into the firearm. Was this something honestly? Was this something that you had? ever dreamed of is is being involved with a firearms company at that point
3: uh actually yeah so when doing the exotech thing i realized that you know i'd sat in front of a lot sat across the table from a lot of buyers from from everywhere from at, uh, rei to academy sports i mean we had academy sports for one point before i fired them <laughs> okay. and they um just feeling what they want they were like they they were just looking for uh the the lowest price they i mean it, rei was our best customer until covid we had rei as a customer where well, we got dropped during covid because they were uh, social distancing and they actually removed a ton of skus from their floor to make space um but they were the best customer we ever had as far as the big box stores go they they literally set the bar high um yeah. academy is is equivalent to walmart they they will rake you over the coals so i just learned that i didn't want to be an accessory um if i were going to do another manufacturing company um exotech you know it was like uh it was really difficult to get attention of of buyers because um we're not a main category we're not apparel we're not footwear we're not kayaks we're not bicycles we're we're literally just uh i mean they consider it a lot of times an impulse buy so i started looking um when we would go to shot show i'd been shot show many times and i was like i would love to get in the firearms industry just because it, it seemed just so something so neat about it um the just the being an electrical engineer the mechanical simplicity of it the fact that it's it's all mechanical in a day where everything is is uh, electrified was was really fascinating and the fact that how everything moves together a lot of people have no idea and i learned this oh, yeah. even how much it takes to make a firearm run the timing of everything if you change a single spring in a firearm it can cease to fire completely so that to me uh was very challenging and unbeknownst to me at the time it, it's far more challenging than i expected but it's i love a challenge for me i don't i don't do it for the money i do it for the challenge because i mean more stuff just you know, you know, buy more shit it just takes it just owns you so for me i like challenges i like to conquer challenges i like to put make my mark so um so yeah that's uh i don't know that's uh how that's we got awesome. there.
0: That's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, All right, guys, it's been a great show. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, It's, it's, it is cool because everyone that I've talked to that are involved with uh, firearm companies, they have their own unique story and very few of them ever said when I first started out in life, I never thought about doing this. I never thought I'd be here and it's amazing how the winds and the turns and the different, creeks get you to that river and it is fascinating especially the how you two hooked up you know it is fascinating um i know you were talking about the lh9 before we get into regulus which i love the uh, i want to get into that for sure but talking with rob c at shot show um one of the things that came up was kind of the old i won't say the old but the i guess you guys call them what the the legacy products and they're still available. But there are there is a caveat to some of the legacy items that uh, are out there. And I thought that was really cool because a lot of companies don't honor and don't try to work with firearm owners of previous regimes, if you will. They, they try to set themselves apart and rebrand or whatever. You guys decided not to rebrand Lineheart. You kept the name, understanding that there comes a part of the previous regime's firearms or whatever, whether it's warranty issues or whatever it may be, that there's a play in that. So I thought that was really cool. Uh either one of you can jump in there and, and kind of talk about if you have someone out there that is an LH9 owner from the previous regime, they can still contact you, can they not about those those products?
2: Yeah, we we really pride ourselves on taking, you know, taking our customers with us. Um I think that a lot of people that you know they may have cut their teeth on an LH nine. Um, and, and, you know, the regulus is sort of the, the next generation of the LH nine. So, you know, the, we worked very hard to make sure that a lot of the parts, almost all the parts are, are still backwards compatible, um, mm-hmm. between the regulus and the LH nine series too. So, um, unfortunately there's some things that we can't continue to support. Obviously, you know, we're not importing these, the pistols anymore. Um, and some of the main components, but we still do have a lot of parts left. Uh, We still do want to make sure that if folks have uh, issues with their LH9, you know, please reach out to us and and we'll take care of it.
0: Absolutely. And um, so I don't think that's great because a lot of people may not do that. And that's just, that's really good business. That's good customer service. uh, And that's really cool. Let's talk about the regulus and there's several different models. I want to be putting up sharing the screens and I'm going to let both Rob's, you kind of decide which one wants to talk about certain things, but talk about the background of the Regulus, the design of it, the the whole idea of where the Regulus came from.
2: Well, the whole the whole Regulus is really uh, based on on the legacy product, that LH nine, the action, and it's based on the double action plus uh, trigger system that was developed uh, for that gun. We carried that forward um, and we listened to a lot of what people wanted and, and this is a product that was between generations as rob had mentioned um, so when, when rob bought the company regulus was pretty much still a work in progress um, and we were able to finish it off um, but a lot of the things that you see on this pistol were things that people that had lh9s really really wanted to see like the uh, picatinny rail system uh they also wanted um you know better sights. So we upgraded the sights on the gun. Um we ditched those horrible, ugly uh grips and, and put these awesome G10 grips on there. I think that was one of our first conversations about the gun, Rob, when we were like, if we're gonna sell this gun, you know, the first thing that you look at this gun, I think the grips stand out, you know, those G10 grips stand out uh 100%. really, really well and, and make that gun handle so much better than those cheap plastic grips that were on the LH nine. Um, so, yeah. you know, um, in, in, in moving this project forward, um, you know, we had some, we had, uh, some machining left to do on the inventory, um, uh, as we, we got up. So people might recognize some issues that, you know, with the LH nine series that we worked really hard to make sure that it, if any parts that we made on this pistol, for example, um, uh, we decided to, um, re-engineer the recoil spring assembly system in, in the gun to make it uh, more compatible with a wider range of ammunition and make it more reliable. And, and one of the things that we, you know, one of the design um, one of the design uh, limitations or whatever, you know, was it had to be backwards compatible so that if guys want to run that guys wear out their recoil spring in their LH nine, have a recall spring assembly system that will work with that gun. So, again, we want to make sure we bring our customers forward with us.
0: Absolutely. Um, now, this is kind of going into the design, and we're talking about um, the trigger and the whole idea. They, It was cool because I had never really handled a gun that had the double action plus system on it. And I know this is a big part of the design, but I think it's really awesome because this is going to be something that I think for people that want to carry this gun, maybe people that aren't comfortable typically carrying one in the chamber or not even carrying at all because of safety issues or they they don't they don't feel right doing it. This could bring a whole new revolution to the, the carrying. And I know it's probably not why it was designed, but I think it's definitely something that could be talked about. But the, the the whole double action plus trigger system I think is fascinating with this gun. Uh, do you guys want to go into some technical sides of, of what exactly is the double action sure. plus trigger?
2: Yeah. So the double action plus trigger, uh, basically, if guys know what an uh, uh, an HK LEM trigger is, it's something sort of similar to that. Um, it's the way I describe it as a manual LEM. Uh, and uh, if you take the gun, which I happen to have right here. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and make sure this thing is safe and there's no ammunition in it, so we're good. No source of ammunition. Right. So when you... when The, the gun is... Co- initially, when you when you bring the gun out, you can cock the gun, and you'll see the trigger move back like you would any double-action... Uh, double-single-action uh, action gun, right? Uh, and then what we can do is push the hammer forward, uh, and that keeps the mainspring... Uh, Tension still on the mainspring, um, but that trigger pull is now about maybe a maybe a pound and a half back to the to the wall, and so what you get is you can just pull right through that trigger, and it feels almost like you know like a two pound two and a half pound trigger. In in reality, it's probably about a four and a half to five pound trigger. But once you move through the whole action uh, of the trigger, uh, you it feels a hell of a lot lighter. And it's, it's incredibly smooth.
0: Yeah, it is.
2: Um, so there's no, there's no herky jerky with the trigger. And even if you want to run the trigger in double action, uh, it's hard. It's super awkward to do it this way. Uh, but uh, yeah, but we pride ourselves on how smooth that trigger action is. And then the other thing to notice is when that, after you go back and put that forward, I'll do this without pointing the gun at my own head. you can see that there's, <laughs> an in, there's an indicator in there, that little green line. And that's letting you know that that hammer, uh, that that the mainspring is active, and you're you're in that double action plus mode where the, the hammer is going to come back nice and easy, the trigger is going to come back nice and easy on you. Yeah. So that's double action plus, and it, it's sometimes referred to as triple action. I've heard it called triple action before as well, sure. but we call it double action plus.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a wonderful idea. Like I said, um, first time I was at the booth and we were handling and all of that and your guys were talking about it and i was like oh that's that's awesome i mean because it's one of those things where it, it has a lot of different um
1: well the the yeah, one of the, the
0: backside it looks like a two-stage jump in here clove you know better than that just jump on in here
1: no i was just gonna say it it <laughs> works sort of like a um like a two-stage trigger
0: a two-stage a trigger for yeah absolutely
2: yeah, so you've got the safety, you know, guys that like the safety uh, factor of having a nice long double action pull. Uh, you know, you've got that. So the gun is the gun uh, can be run in that position with the safety off. It also does have a, a manual safety on the side. Yep. Um, so, but you can run the gun in that double action mode uh, that way uh, and just carry it as a as a as you would a, a regular double action, uh, and it's completely the. The the trigger is disconnected from the uh, from the fire control system at that point. The it's a disconnecting si- uh, safety. So uh, it's yeah. The idea there is it's extremely safe. Um, and you once you pull through that trigger um, in in double action plus mode, you'll feel how light it is, uh, and you mm-hmm. have the confidence uh, of knowing that that gun you know is going to take an extremely long trigger pull uh, to go off.
0: Excuse me, man. Um, so we've got three th- this is all regulus models but you have three different distinctive models within the regular yeah have those the are really different colorways okay yeah exactly so for people out there maybe on the website it's the same regulus it's just a different color pattern and all that and then obviously the the combat comes with a threaded barrel and, and all of that but I think it's pretty cool that most combat, if, if someone has a combat model, those are the ones that have the, the rail and all of that. I like the fact that all of your models, including the combat, are going to have the rail. Basically, the only difference in the combat and the other, if I'm not mistaken, is the threaded barrel. Is that correct?
2: Threaded barrel and suppressor height sights.
0: And the suppressor height's right. And
2: okay. and it's the only way that uh, you can get the gun in that sand, Cerakote, uh Elite sand finish.
0: The sand, yeah. Now people might think it was FDE or Coyote. It's sand. <laughs> it's sand. <laughs> oh. uh, real quick before we move on, I know um, Clover. Do you have any questions from out there or, or of, of your own?
1: Yeah, three twenty three. You know him and the grip angle. Oh so yeah. What's the, grip, what's the grip angle and why? And uh, are they only producing 9 millimeter?
2: Well, the grip angle is probably similar to – it's probably between a 1911. It's it's more like a Smith & Wesson um, series, you know. But it's – you know, I, I haven't measured the grip angle, but I can get back to you on that. Um,
0: he, he, I, and I, and I love, I love, love G23. Before that. I got a yeah, protractor here somewhere. I love G23, but every kind of – every company we have <laughs> – You know, he wants to know the grip angle. And uh, so now it's just becoming one of those things where um, everyone should know. If you come on the show, you better know the grip angle question because it's coming. Uh, And you were talking earlier about the G10 grips. Mm -hmm. And this is not a 1911. It's 1911-ish. But I I like the idea because the G10 grips are great grips. And now that you're having – a gun that's not necessarily 1911, but also be able to have the G10 grips. I think that's pretty cool because people like customizing their own guns and put different colors and all that. So I think that's pretty cool as well.
2: Yeah. And uh, I think the second part of that question was about nine oh, yeah. You know, uh, to answer that, Look, guys, it's the most popular round there is right now. And we're just getting up off the ground, so who knows? Someday we might have them in 45, 10 millimeter, who knows? But right now, you know, we got to get this thing working at 9, and it is a phenomenal gun to shoot in 9 millimeter because you got to remember, you know, you've got, uh, you know, the 4140 steel slide, uh, the 7075 aluminum frame, so it's got some mass behind the gun. You put that light recoiling 9 millimeter round in there. The gun is just so much fun to shoot
0: yeah uh gun Snob out there wants to know are they going to offer an optic cut version down the line
2: well i mean we we get this question a lot and yeah. obviously uh we see where the where the market isn't heading anymore it's there and and, yeah. and we obviously need to be where the market is so uh you, you know you can I think I've been told not to make any promises on air, uh, but I understand you can pretty much figure that (laughs) that it's coming. There might be
0: discussions coming soon. Yeah. 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 We'd be fools Um, not to. Yeah. Um, Clover, you got anything right now?
1: Well, I was going to speak to something that was interesting. So, um, you know, Getting ready for shot, we get emails from tons of companies, right? Mm -hmm. And one of them was Rob from Lionheart, and I'd never heard of—I'd never heard of it. But it had a picture there, and I was like, you know, that's interesting. That looks—that looks good. Um, I was not prepared, and this was this was a letdown in a way because when I walked into the booth and I picked up the Regulus, I was not prepared. Through the the pictures, didn't do it justice. They're beautiful. Mm. The fit, the finish.
2: Mm.
1: They're, I mean, they're, they're little works of art. They're beautiful. Um, yeah, they well, quite possibly we went... <laughs> the best looking handgun I've seen at shot the entire trip. Um, and that speaks to where I'm going with that is hearing Rob F talk earlier, uh, hearing you talk, Rob C, and that you know just the passion that you guys are putting behind it. It shows in the product. So kudos yeah. for that.
2: Thank you so much. I mean, you you really wish you could be in some of the meetings where, you know, we had to talk through some of the, you know, making sure that the, the Cerakote matches and the, and the top of the bottom of the pistol, um, every little thing, you know, uh, Rob is a great, great eye, uh, you know, for packaging and making sure that people, you know, get uh, that, that their, their customer experience matches, uh, you know, the matches what we want them to have, honestly, you know, it's matches their expectations. So sorry, a little bit of the brain freeze is still coming on the the brain fog from COVID, but, um, (laughs) you know, uh, you know, choosing the colors that we did was really, it was really something fun to, to go through. Rob chose this color. Um, I think it was, it was, it's the, it's the bronze pistol. We call it the reveal. That's the model that we use it on. And I was like, oh man, that is kinda, that is, it's kind of a sharp, that, I mean, it's a sharp looking gun. Um, but I was concerned that it might be too good looking uh, or, you know, and, and man, we have sold through those things so fast uh, yeah. and it's, it's shocking. And I think it, it speaks to the, you know, to the maturity of the, of the the market right now where guys can, can look at these guns and really, you know, decide what they want in a gun um, and have fun with those guns as well. You know, looking for things that are sort of outside the arm. We have a ton of black and I'll take, I'll take responsibility for this one where I said, Let's go heavy on the black guns because I know yep. the black guns are going to sell. You know we know that's going to happen, so let's go heavy on black. You know, so we have the blackouts in, in beta and in alpha, and man, we still got some of those left, but we sure we sure ran out of those the uh, the reveals and and the urbans pretty quick.
0: Well, interestingly, we talk about that. Unknown user out there wants to know. He says he got here late. Has the Regulus blackout been shipped yet? Will distributors be sending them to shops soon? That's one of the things that I wanted to bring up also is your guys' idea of, it's, it's kind of thinking outside the box for a lot of reasons where most people are going to say, hey, we want to get to the big distributors because <laughs> they're going to place large orders. But there's also a, a downside to that. You guys yeah. have a different marketing and distri- distribution strategy as well. Do you not?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it comes down to the customer experience and when you have a distributor um, your distributor is your customer um, and you know and in reality a lot of time like we we, we sell these guns directly to uh, customers through their FFLs um, and their FFLs will see the guns the FFLs will, will order them as well once they see them we hope um, but you know I think it comes down to making sure that we have a relationship with our customers our end users um, whether that's an FFL or, or an actual, you know, firearm, um, purchaser, you know, they deal with us. They don't deal with our distributors. Um, right. and it, I, I promise you, it is not the, it's not the easiest way to do this business, to do business this way. Um, and you know, I, I credit Rob for really making sure, you know, driving that, that point home for the company. I don't know if, Rob, if you want to address
3: where that came from. Yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, uh, real quick, the grip angle is 15 degrees, by the way.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. Someone got the protractor. The engineer got the protractor. He's got it. There you go. He's got it. It's, I love it. That's the, that's the best I've ever seen because it's right there. And he said, I got this.
2: Yeah. That's what you get. That's what you get with Lionheart. We're, we're, yeah, we're, that's we're right, there, we're right
0: there with you. We got the answer before you know it. I love it. Love it.
3: um So, as far as that goes, you know, I, I, I was blessed with ExoTac. I, I talk about and I don't want to be little exotype because it's obviously it's my baby it's what got me here and and I love it but it was training wheels for me it was it taught me how to run a business how to hire employees how to deal with customers how to what kind of customers did you want like just because a customer is willing to write a big check you you really want that customer right are you making is it worth it to make two percent on a on a big chain store when they cause basically to make two percent you have to hire a bunch of people and manage a bunch of people and take on a bunch more responsibility and at the end of the day you're your personal as the owner you see none of it um so i learned a lot of that And one of those things was distributors i learned that uh the more distributors you had the messier it became and when you try to chase down so we pri- we protect pricing on we have map pricing which stands for minimum advertised pricing and real quick it, for those who don't know it just it mandates that our customers uh, our, our wholesale customers basically our dealers cannot sell or cannot advertise the product below that map price And that's why you see uh, where it says add to cart to see price because that's that's the rule now We can't tell them what to actually sell it for so after that they can sell it for whatever they want But there's a really good reason for that. And, and the reason is is really uh, Amazon You can get somebody who starts a, an Amazon Uh, business third-party seller they buy a bunch of exodec products and they they sell them for for 20% of our costs and then you've got uh, another guy and these are both mom and pops who who just put down seven thousand dollars of rent on a on a brick-and-mortar store a month he's got a bunch of employees and he can't live on 20% he needs to live on way more than that Uh, this is gross so um, that's why we do it because the, the dealers you actually want as a business are the guys who have the beautiful stores and the great staff. And that takes money to have all those people there to answer your questions. They, if they're intelligent, they're paid well, and they're paid well out of the proceeds from the products that you buy. So I just learned that we needed to keep our distrib- distribution network tight, as tight as possible. And even then, when we'd have map pricing violations, we'd have to go through a distributor to find out who that customer was. And sometimes they would list under different... DBAs doing business as like essentially fictitious names, um, so it it was just this bullshit like just you're going around in circles trying to figure out who this dealer is, and I'm like I do not want to deal with that with firearms because you know here we I've committed I and the team the whole team has committed to developing uh, a a premier pistol, uh, and we want to offer just the best of everything so the best customer service the best value not necessarily the most expensive but literally the best bang for your buck you can't do that when you're not able to reach out to your customer what i want is if the dealer has a problem with their their gun or, or their customer as a dealer i want the dealer to call me up and say hey i'm sending back a pistol uh you'll have it tomorrow or the next day two day or whatever um but i want that direct line of communication i don't want to talk to a dealer and i and i'd still be willing to of course but I want to have that relationship with the dealer so they know me by first name and they know that if there's a problem i'm gonna take care of it like if i if i go through a distributor distributor i also can't control who my customers are so if you get some shop and there's just a bunch of assholes running the shop we've all been in those gun stores we've all been in them um they're gonna make the brand look bad they're gonna tell the customer that it's it's an ammo problem because that's what that's what they'll tell you that's what a lot of these guys will tell you that you know you're using the wrong ammo and and really it's a gun problem um and, and it can be either but we want to have that relationship so that's why early on we decided that um, aside from if we had any overstock, uh, which it doesn't look like we'll ever have, but if we had any overstock or overruns of production pistols, uh, we might sell a small percentage of them to distributors. But um, I, 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 the more, you know, obviously the more we get into this, the more I realize that that's just, that's just not really the road you want to take. So that's the long answer to distributors.
0: Yeah, and, and I love that because I think that when you create that, Let's just call it a relationship because it it, it it may not be just a one gun thing. This might turn into years and years and years with a customer base. Um, but when you start out that relationship, mono a mono, one on one, where the, the consumer and the FFL have direct access to the gun company and not having to go through a distributor that makes it more of a friendship and, and a relationship, and, and say, "Hey, we're going to do this together. We like your product, and now don't have to worry about because Clover will tell you." And he he brought it up at another show at one point. Depending on where you stand with that distributor, also to, that dictates if you get said product from the distributor. If you're low man on the, the totem pole with Sport South, even though Sport South has a thousand of these guns. That FFL may not get one. They might not get part of that allotment. Now, working directly with an FFL, if there's a if there's a person out here in the chat that wants to buy it, they can talk through FFL and they can get through you guys directly. And there's also a way to add to cart through their website, which is really interesting. And so I'm assuming you guys want to talk a little bit about that. Um, before we do, I got a couple of questions I want to catch up. I know Clover might have some stuff as well. Um by the way, guys, out there, it's 18 plus one capacity. They do offer 10-round magazines. There was a question about 10-round magazines. That being said, I know that it's a pain in the ass, but is there a future where it could get on the California roster, possibly?
1: Okay. Nope.
3: <laughs> i, I you know, mean i was, was asking you have yeah.
0: california guys and that's a t- i think they're that's used to r- that by now but i did i did want to ask
2: it's really up to the state of california what pistols they want to put on on the list right. and and right. we're you know i don't know if any company is going to go through micro stamping but if that stays on there uh yeah there's you know new jersey um New York, we're, yeah, we're not, we're with you, and the the we would love to figure out ways around some of these draconian laws, but uh, it's really not up to us.
0: It's up to those people that live in those states to make those changes. Yeah, honestly.
2: vote, yeah, vote for your, right. yeah, choose your representation well.
0: Yeah, Clover, I know you got some questions out there, uh, and you might have some of your own. Do you want to dive into a couple of those?
1: Uh, only thing I think we missed so far is we had Born to Be a Shooter was asking about uh, MSRP.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: oh yeah the guns are they range from a thousand to what 1149 uh, depending on what you want to get so the the basic models the 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 alphas and betas with regular sights uh, with our fiber optic sights are 999 and then they go up to i think we had 100, 100 bucks for night sights and then you get up to 1149 for the combat which you you swap the standard barrel for a threaded barrel, and you get suppressor height sights. Yeah.
0: Um, unknown user out there. It's on the website. The beta is shown with straight back grips, and the alpha has contoured grips. Can the alpha be had with straight back grips, or is the contour part of the frame?
2: Yeah, that contour is actually a part of the frame. So if you like that, the the full, the, the I personally really like the alpha in the way that, you know, it fits my hand. Uh, I like that hump. Some some guys might not. Um, so uh, the Beta is, uh, is more of a straight back. It's made for concealment, and it was designed that way.
0: Yeah, let me go back over here and share the screen. So this is going to be the Beta. Um, you know, Clove, those grips look eerily familiar to some grips that you got not too long ago in a different color, obviously. But they look similar, don't they?
1: Yeah, they're G-Tan, you know what I mean? So yeah. a lot of the g10 the, the textures and stuff used across a wide variety of manufacturers that make those and other things yeah. so yeah yeah those those g10 grips though i i think they you know they
2: they look they look cool but man that that is a very aggressive grip it's not it's not so it aggressive is. that it's going to close yeah uh, but those you know those uh diamonds uh the release around the diamonds really gives something for your your uh for your skin to grip into
0: yeah because that was the one of the the first things that i noticed when i held it for the first time was i i like an aggressive grip i don't like to cut my hands and all of that um but I, i i i like i don't mind an aggressive stippling or aggressive grip and it definitely was but like you said you weren't gonna shed skin because of it but you were definitely even one of those things where even on a hot day your hand might sweaty or whatever You're going to have plenty plenty of support through that grip. It's not going anywhere. Um, Let's see here. So G23 wants to know, can someone custom order a firearm from you guys? I don't know if he means, like, colors or what. Is there any customization that someone could do um, if they're willing to pay the price?
2: Well, we had... um the, the only customization that, that people were asking if they could buy them with threaded barrels in in the guns. Um, and we added that to the website. Uh, so you can order you can order the betas with uh, the betas and the alphas with threaded barrels now in um, tall sites. So that was not an option. The other option obviously is uh, you can upgrade to night sites. Those are the only options that we're, we're offering right now. The old, the old Regulus um, under uh, the old Lionheart had uh, something called the custom gun builder, which is what some guys might be thinking of, where you could mix and match all the different parts of the gun, and there was just like, dude, it was like 500 skews or something, because they had colors (laughs) and different colored barrels and different colored (laughs) triggers, and you could, you know, bling the shit out of whatever you wanted, and it was like. It was cool. And I would love, you know, for us to get back to something like that someday. But at this yeah. point, you know, we're a small company. Um, I think people need to understand that when they, every time they, they call the company or they email and ask for something, you know, it's me, you know, answering those emails. And, I'm, and on, on one hand, I'm taking what they're saying and I'm bringing it to the CEO or, you know, I'm adding it to my, my good idea list um, and it goes in, it, it, definitely matters, uh, to me in listening to our customers, but on the other side, you know, um, every time we have to touch a gun, every time we have to do something, it takes away time that we're working on other on, you know, making the gun better or doing other projects. So, um, you know, we're a small company and, and offering custom guns, is just not something we have, um, the ability to do right now, but I would love right. to be able to do it sometime.
3: Yeah, not to do it well. We we look when you look at what it takes to do that well. The the MRP manufacturing resource planning it takes to to make that and get all that inventory and control all that inventory uh, and all the variants of those is is astronomical. Even big companies can't manage to do it very well. So you need an extremely well-oiled company. Uh, and manufacturing and supply chain long before you ever sign up for something like that. Otherwise you're just setting yourself up for 12 month backlogs. and right. I mean even if people see there's 12 months to get their gun customized, they're still going to be irritated by. It. You're not they're just gonna be irritated somewhere along the process and, and our goal is not you know we don't we don't want that. We want you to be happy when you get it. So we're gonna not offer anything that we can't um, deliver in a reasonable amount of time. And that goes with custom customization. It's something we like to get into in the in the in the future potentially. But um, we are a production company, right? So we're not trying to be um, the semi custom, maybe like Nighthawk or, or Wilson. Um, we want to be full production, or, or that's where we're headed full full on production. Um, and and if if you were asking me where I'd slot, we'd slot in above Sig and HK. So we we'd be what Sig and HK would be if they didn't have. Um, if they didn't build a, gu- a gun around price price targets, because we don't have goals to sell uh, or to garner military contracts, we're we're a, we're a civilians pistol, right? That's what yep. we are.
0: Yeah, uh, Honcho wasn't here earlier. Uh, really, to recap this question, uh, currently, one way to get a Linehart regulus is through their website. You guys want to talk about uh, through the website, and then maybe how an FFL could possibly, if the if yeah. you're lo- if someone local gun shop out there is interested. Uh, there is a way to go about that process as well.
2: So this is where I could really, I would love for your readers or your, your viewers, sorry, I come from the magazine background, but I would love for the viewers, you know, to, to go in um, to their FFLs if they're interested and say, Hey, I really wanted to get my hands on one of these guns. Mm -hmm. And then they're, you know, have their FFLs reach out to us and we have dealer applications and packages set up and they're ready to go. We can hook dealers up and get them set up very, very quickly. Um, And, you know, but but that's one thing that I can't stress enough. That if there's one if there's one thing that that would really help us out, it's to it's to get us you know um, on the minds of your dealers so that they know that we're out there and you are interested in in the Linehart platform. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, they just want to carry. Uh, you know, having have walked in these stores and talked to a lot of our local dealers, they just want to stick to what they know because it's the lowest risk. Glock and Sig. If you look at their counters, it's all black guns. They're all Glock and Sig. There's, and it's not because they're 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 boring or they want to be boring or whatever. It's because they know those guns will sell, and they don't have to worry about being stuck with a half a million dollars of inventory. Um, exactly. But a, a lot of our customers and and dealers, once they get their hands on the pistols, they, they really do enjoy them.
0: Yeah, was it my. Uh... LGS last week picking up uh, a gun and told him, I said, Hey, I don't, you know, I, I don't know if you're interested. I said, but there's a, a company that I think that probably would fit well with our market here. And um because he sells a lot of the 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 XDs, the Glocks, the Berettas, the HKs, the FNs. So it's kind of in that same uh, niche, if you will. And um, so I don't know if he's contacted you or not. We'll talk off air about that. But uh, I, I definitely gave him uh, Rob's email. I know Clover's talked to several and uh, Clover, you want to come in and talk about that. And maybe you had a question out there, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was going to bring that up. I, I walked away for a sec. When I come back in, it, it seemed like Rob C was addressing that. But mm-hmm. we had a question out, out there. Uh, roll call was asking about, you know, getting in touch with his boss at the shop. Now, just almost as soon as I got back from, shot show because quite a few of my local uh well none of my local dealers went to shot show uh it was one of those things worst shot show ever right um but so <laughs> I approached them with you know some connections and contacts and things that I had made and one of them was Lionheart. and I said hey you guys need to need to call you need to email you need to check in with these guys uh and see what they're about and what they have you know of course told them I couldn't speak to. You know, much as far as hands-on with it. Um, But you could tell from talking to to both Robs tonight, uh, I would be pretty confident in saying, you know, after talking with you guys, and thanks for coming on and doing that, by the way, uh, and my experience just holding it and manipulating everything, and as I spoke to earlier, the the quality that seems to be there, um, it would not surprise me a bit if it shot phenomenally.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's one of the things that we especially need to get the hands, get these guns in the hands of range owners, uh, with, you know, shops that have ranges, because as, as from what we've been told, as much fun as this gun is to handle, it's way more fun to shoot.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and that's, yeah, that's my, big. I mean, you're talking about using it as a demo and and we always tell people, we would say, oh, what's the best gun? I don't know. That's up to an individual. Go yeah. shoot a bunch of different guns and you'll know when you found the right gun. That would be a wonderful thing if you've got a, a, an FFL that has a range attached, maybe yeah. you could do, I mean, maybe, maybe not you guys flying out there, but maybe you could set up somehow maybe doing like a demo day and, and promote, have that FFL promote a demo day and come out and shoot this new gun. So there's all mm-hmm. sorts of marketing aspects well, uh, to do it. Sorry about I a didn't lot of, cut you off, both.
1: no, you're fine. I'm uh, just going to echo what you're saying. A, a lot of FFLs already have that. I know, um, you know, the local gun shop that I work through, um, They do small business. They're great at working with a customer, first of all. So we would align well with the mission of Lionheart anyway, Mm -hmm. I think. But they do for uh, Small Business Saturday, which is a Saturday after Black Friday, they do a customer appreciation thing. Um, And, you know, demo firearms, demo suppressors, just everything. And, I mean, they sell, you know, I don't know what percentage of the year sales happen on that day, but because they, you know, cook barbecue and they do other things and they get all those people out there, uh, they do make a lot of sales, but they're also open to, you know, anything, especially anything they have in the case that's used, right. Uh, if it belongs you know, to the dealer or, you know, something like that, or if it's, you know, they've got it set aside for a demo, um, they're always open if anybody comes in to you know hey take this down to the range and try it out. They don't have rentals per se, but they're certainly open to letting the customers experience the products, which is great. well, you know it's funny
2: because the, you know our big it's probably one of our biggest challenges right now is to make sure people know about the know about the product um, right. and we can get the word out to the dealers uh, but we're in this sort of awkward teenager phase right now too where we have to be careful about, how much inventory that we have um, because we're still standing up production in our Georgia factory. So we are, you know, we, we, we we're super happy to get to sell through the inventory that we have, but we're going to sort of hit this period where people are going to be, we're starting to you know, get these emails like, Hey, when are you guys going to have this color back in stock or that color? And it's like, we are working as hard as we can right now to get the factory uh, set up so that we can, you know, be manufacturing these pistols in Georgia.
0: It's a good problem to have, mm-hmm. but it's also a very frustrating problem to have. You know, it's a good problem that you're selling what you have. The problem is, is you don't want to disappoint customers with wait times and lead times. So yeah. I get that that, that frustration um, is, is real for sure. Go ahead, Glove.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, filling the orders is number one, right? Yeah. I mean, let's Absolutely. be honest. That's what keeps the doors open. Keeps it it the, keeps the lights you guys- on. Keeps get you guys cranking out more <laughs> of you have to do that <laughs> that was nice <laughs> so i just yeah, maybe, um, a little, maybe a little loud out here but i wanted to show you guys
3: that we really are uh making the pistols in here here's our this is our brand new five axis machine that we're currently tooling up sorry we have occupancy sensing leds right and They off immediately but um this is a pallet changer so we'll be able to make a bunch of uh bunch of different fixtures there's already some in there you can kind of see behind me but we'll be making putting them on there and that's where the frames and the slides will be made um not a lot to see in here there's just a little fixture that's the five axis trunnion rotated around and then uh unlike a lot of manufacturers we're making our barrels all in-house um on this monster of a machine this thing is uh absolutely incredible it's basically the best of the best you can get um that bar loader will feed uh where's my finger that bar letter we'll take <laughs> the uh raw material in there in solid bar form uh we'll we'll broach well we'll actually it's rifling in the in the firearms industry and manufacturing it's broaching but we'll actually cut the rifling right in on the lathe so the raw material will come oh. in uh like this this is aluminum for Attack, but so it's right. it,
0: it's 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 not pre-cut it's a block and you guys go from the block huh yeah,
3: yeah like, so if you look at it. this that's awesome right here this is all pre-hardened 416 stainless that'll go in that and these will turn into barrels just little barrel 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 no. so we'll drop finished barrels uh, They'll just need to be um, Lightly deburred and then sent out for DLC coating the beauty of that is that nobody touches it meaning uh, The reposition accuracy is very good so we can get a uh, very very good Concentricity of the rifling and the barrel bore to the chamber which affects accuracy greatly Yep. Um, so basically when I spec'd out all the machines it was in an effort to the manufacturing process easy but really to make it affordable so that we could do really really cool things that nobody else is doing and still not have to sell the pistol for five thousand dollars i want to sell a really awesome pistol that 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 literally almost any working man could afford If you know if you save for i mean a thousand dollars is not a cheap pistol but any anybody who's um middle class can save some pennies over time and, and afford one that's really my goal is to get um really nice um cutting edge pistols to people so that, i just wanted to give you a quick glimpse of the machinery to show you that we really do it in-house
0: well i love that And clover made a comment it, it it's, it's actually worked out perfectly that you're having to use your cell phone because you probably weren't taking your pc and giving us a tour of the manufacturing <laughs> side and honestly that's pretty cool because a lot of a lot of companies won't do that or don't do that and i think it's, it's when it's once again we're talking about a facade. We're talking about pulling the curtain back behind Mister Oz. You guys are showing the customer the whole thing, like yeah. here it is, here's where we're manufacturing, here's what we're doing, here's that. Once again, you're building that relationship by showing that stuff. That's pretty awesome. I love it.
3: Yeah, I just want
2: I, I just want to make sure that people understand how cool it is that you know that that Rob that you know that we're making our own barrels. That machine is not That's a awesome. light investment, and you know mm. there are ways that you can buy um, you know, barrel blanks uh, and make a much uh, lower quality barrel for a much less, for a, a much lower investment. Um, and we are pushing ourselves to make, you know, to make sure that this gun is every bit the value uh, that it is. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I could bore you with uh, the details on the tooling. I heard <laughs> out on all the tooling and the manufacturing processes. I could literally t- give you a tour all day long um, eventually we'd love to give tours and to people the,
0: might have to effect. come out to Georgia one time when you guys start doing that I might have to come out there and do a tour, that'd be fun that really yeah, be.
3: once we're up and running right now we're still tooling up, I'm actually programming the barrels as we speak, um, yes. ordered some tooling and changing out the lathe, we use the lathe um, for, for actually some exotac parts while we were waiting uh, to finish up some details on on the Georgia made barrel, but just to give you an idea commitment uh, uh, to quality this is um, this is our QC machine. So this thing right here is a Zeiss uh, optical coordinate measuring machine. So what it can do is it can use this tactile sensor right here, this touch probe, and these there's rubies on the end of this that are less than a half a millimeter in diameter to get into small little holes. And that's what I measured the extractors that we made for these regulus uh, recent regulus. This right here is a camera that's accurate to sub sub micron accuracy, it can take a picture of a hole pattern. And then it can measure it all instantaneously, uh, sub sub micron. And then right here, this is a confocal <laughs> white light sensor, like a laser. So this can measure the height of uh, a surface again, accurate sub micron. So in order to make good parts, you need to you need to QC them, right? You need to make sure you're making good parts in order to build good parts, I guess you could say. And that's that's just one of the many things it takes to make um, to make what we're making. And you have to write a program for every single part to run on. Yeah both a CNC machine and on the CMM machine, they have, have totally separate programs and they're totally separate skill sets. So, um, firearms manufacturing, uh, can be surmised in, uh, one word and that's expensive. Very, very expensive.
0: I'm going to say this and Clover alluded to it earlier, and, but it is so true, you know, um, Rob, we, we had some great conversations and shot, and I enjoyed getting to know you and all of that. But the cool thing about what I'm learning more, and I'm hoping this is coming out in the podcast and in the live chat. Uh, if, if you're watching this in replay or listening in podcast form, I hope it's coming out through the airwaves. And, and uh, you, you couldn't see necessarily, if you're listening to it in podcast, you couldn't see what Rob was just showing you. But what you can hear is the passion. You can hear from both of them the passion they have for their products, for their company. I don't know many too many CEOs that are firearm CEOs that are literally at the office still right now programming the barrel machine. I mean, it, what I'm saying is, is I, I love the fact that you guys are 100% hands-on. You don't let quality control just happen. It's It's we want to make sure this is perfect, and we want to make sure that every product we send out is worthy of the name and and all the hard work that your company has gone through. I can personally hear the passion from both of you. And what that tells me is there probably won't be many issues that you can't deal with or won't deal with down the road, whether it's supply chain issues coming down, getting parts for the barrels or whatever, lead times You guys know what's coming down the road, and that's a good thing about growing. Those are problems you're going to have to run into when you start to want production because people are going to start buying them, but it sounds like you guys are planned ahead. You've got the machines in-house to really make sure. It's just one of those things, like I said, the passion you can hear. They may not be in a podcast when they may not be able to see the machines you just showed, but I don't know what the hell you just said. Like I don't understand a word you just said, except for I can tell that you were passionate about it. And to me, that's really the ultimate mark. And are these people passionate about what they're doing? You can nerd out over that machine. I would understand a word you were saying, except for the fact that I say this guy's serious and he and he cares. That probably means just as much as anything else. Um and Clover Tech says we have to literally drive past you guys to get to the gathering in March. You do. Yeah, yes, we to, do. yes, we do. do. I didn't even think about that.
1: Have to get off eighty five for like twenty miles or something like that. Yeah, Come on, 20.
0: by we might have to. Might have
1: yeah, to. Might have to work on that.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. I'll be
1: I'll be going through during the day. So for sure. Yeah.
3: So you can see everything run up and running if uh, and it'll
1: be a weekday too. When is that? It'll
0: be, I'll be coming. The, in on the I will Wednesday be driving through the, that way 16th, this
1: 16th. on the sixteenth. 16th sixteenth, 16th yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. We yeah.
3: we we may have the barrels have been running, but It'll they're Wednesday the, I think first article. So you'll be yes, able to barrels Wednesday. Wednesday.
0: Okay. Well, and, and it was just one of those things. Like I said, I mean, I, I was I was lucky enough to go to Walther's um, factory. They're here in Arkansas, and it's only a couple hours away. And just to see that side of a firearm company, most people never get to see that side of it. And it's amazing what goes into this little item that we have. And it's like there's years. And how many people are involved into that little, you know, gun that you just bought at your local gun shop. The people, Most people don't realize what goes into that. Uh, well, you know, we're, we're sh- that, oh, yeah, go ahead. that
2: is that is actually great because I, I really want people to show, you know, when they get our guns, I don't want them. I don't want I want all of that to be transparent. I want them to feel like, mm-hmm. you know, they've they've picked they've picked the gun that they want. You know, they know it's expensive. Uh, they know that it it's you know, it, it's it's a premium gun and all that stuff that should just be assumed by the, the consumer. I don't want them to be concerned with any of that shit just yeah. to know that by the time they get that gun the amount of care and passion that went into making sure that that pistol is going to fire, it's going to run, um, you know, that it is, um, you know, that it's, co- it's combat ready, you know, no matter how, how good it looks and no matter how, you know, one of the things that we do that, that a lot of gun companies uh, don't do um, is run. A, we put a lot of rounds through our guns and we actually had a, a customer call up and complain and um, about, you know, my gun looks used. And I said, you know, I had to get them on the phone and be like, you know what? That's because we put rounds through your gun to make sure that it's going to work before you get it.
0: Yeah, We don't send you just this gun, you know?
2: <laughs> right. I mean, I, I've been through, I've been through part of my job. I've been through a lot of firearms factories and a lot of QC stations. And I've seen a lot of what these gun companies do and, and there are phenomenal gun companies out there, but I wanted to be, I want Lionheart to be the, the most phenomenal. And I want right. people to know, you know, I think Rob got mad at me when we were talking about how many rounds we're going to put through these guns before they go out. And I know Andy, our armorer, is is upset with me because, like, that there's no no better proof in the pudding than putting rounds through the gun before it goes out the door. And most gun companies will put three rounds through a gun, right. and then you know that's it, and and make it good. And we're putting twenty rounds through every gun to make sure that we're checking both mags. We're checking uh, the extractor tension. We're checking like recoil assemblies, uh, action, e- everything. It's all checked out uh, because by the time that gun gets into the hands of the end user, I don't want them to, I don't, I want them to think about one thing, which is that this thing is going to be able to save my life when the time comes down to it.
0: Absolutely. Not going to tell you guys how to do your thing. I, I can tell you this. One of the coolest things that I, and I remember, honestly at this point, I don't remember which one it was. A few years back, go to my local gun shop, pick up a gun that I had ordered, and it come in. And inside the box was an eight and a half by eleven piece of paper target, Mm -hmm. and it was the actual target. And it was, I think, it was like five shots, but yeah, three to five shots. But it was a target that supposedly they shot with my gun for QC, and they folded it up and put it inside the box and sent it. And I thought that's awesome. It okay, might have been, I don't remember who it was. That. Yeah, That's it was, I was like, That's awesome is, you know, they actually send the actual target yeah. that they use to shoot the gun. So that was pretty cool. And they probably
2: not that common. It's probably, common. It. It's probably yeah, more it's common in rifles, uh, probably not as yeah. common in pistols. Um, what I've seen companies do is they'll put an envelope with uh, spent casings in there. Uh, and I don't know, maybe that's something we can do, but honestly, if we did it, it would just be, you know, 20 rounds of, of brass, you know, <laughs> in, on top of the gun, it would probably be kind of a mess.
0: It would be a mess, but it'd be kind of cool. And maybe just like one of them say, here's, you know, here's one. I mean, it's one of those things where we're talking about the customer. I remember that. I don't remember which brand it was. So that might not be a good thing, but, um, <laughs> I do remember receiving the open the box. And the first thing you see is this folded up target.
1: So, i was like that's so, pretty awesome so yeah so they ship in a i'm assuming they ship in a in a case right with a foam insert correct
0: right.
1: no we ship in a soft
2: we actually when you buy one of our guns you get a soft case a range bag really uh, a, a nylon range bag that holds i think it's it'll hold up to five mags uh, and i think it might actually you could probably shove an, no i don't think you can shove an extra pistol in there but it'll hold the pistol mags cleaning kit all that stuff oh, oh that's wow. awesome Rob, you probably yeah.
1: have one near by, don't you?
2: Yeah, I got one over here. I'm mean, going to grab it. Well, that well, makes sense. About insert.
1: what I was going to say, if you were talking about a hard case with a foam insert, one thing you could do is you could have the insert machined out on the back side, like a like an ammo holder. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Stick the twenty rounds of brass in that, just so Good. that it was there, just as a niche thing. but. Having the range bag is awesome, too. That <laughs> is that's, 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 that's the range bag nice. that you guys get with your, that's with your nice. Lionheart pistol. Well
0: done. Well done. That's, that's a great, the, classy touch the, right there. The
2: executive
1: yeah. bag. I like exactly.
0: It. Man. So you literally could walk from the LGS to the range and be ready to go with everything you need, including a range bag. That's awesome. Now,
1: now, since we're making suggestions, we're trying to do their job. <laughs> <laughs> you could yeah, what's the consulting could, fee on this, Chris? You could do it, yeah, yeah, you could yeah. do you could do an elastic <laughs> ammo loop that holds 20 rounds inside the bag. Okay.
0: Oh, you talking for this for the for the spent brass? Yeah, you've seen the little elastic seeing, ammo yeah. holders that sure. you put on
1: stocks. Sure. or they're all belts, whatever. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't want all. Honestly, I, I would. I would probably wouldn't want all twenty. Maybe well, one or two, but I. I actually would like to target. We're yeah. spending these guys money. You understand so that self defense right, ammo. But
1: here's <laughs> here's another thing. Here's another angle to that, right? So self defense okay. ammo typically is a twenty round box. So you've got a Mm -hmm. 20-round holder there. So people go to the range a lot of times, and they what do they do? They dump their self-defense ammo, and they load FMJs or whatever practice ammo, right? So they've got a place to put their self-defense ammo. It's right there in the range pack. There's Mm a method to the madness. It costs money to do that, of course. And I love spending other people's money. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. what 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 if we just told you you could come and you could
2: test fire your own gun, come down to our range, and you could test fire your own gun?
0: I tell but you, you what, if you did, if you made Dale. that an option, mm-hmm. you probably would have people that would show up. I, that'd I, awesome. would. That'd I That would be awesome. That would be something that very few companies do. Come down and shoot your own. And there is, uh, there is a company um, that we talked to not too long ago that there's a package mm-hmm. that you have the firearm and you get some training out of it. But one of the parts of the package is you go and – Let's say, like, you have all the parts of that gun and it's lying on the table. You go to that table and you're with help and people over your shoulder if you don't know what you're doing. Literally, put your specific gun together, mm-hmm. put the barrel in, put the springs in, do all of that, and you get to fire your own test shots. You could do that if it's like an, an extensive package deal or something. That would be really cool. I bet you there, you probably get people that would show up. Now you gotta worry about having Rain and showing up to your uh to your
1: <laughs> just build saying. a bear workshop or something. Build a
0: bear workshop. Just build hey, like a I I said, I'm spending your yeah. money here, so feel free to tell me to shut yeah. the hell up. No,
1: these are all great <laughs> ideas.
2: I got my pen. You saw me. I'm taking yeah. I'm taking notes right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Real quick before we kind of start uh sweeping the floor, there was a question G23 wanted to ask. Um once again, this is all down the road any thoughts of a, a, a flat trigger coming
2: a flat trigger you mm-hmm. know i don't know that that would work with the uh geometry of our pistol uh, and with, with
0: the the, the with, with the whole idea of the double action plus that could be interesting as well
2: yeah i mean i don't see why we couldn't we couldn't do it but if you think about the way a, the way a, a flat face trigger would work with a double action it would be so far forward um mm-hmm. it, it would be like you know grabbing a, a, a you'd have to hook pretty good on it i don't know that it would work or you'd have to
0: extend too. the whole trigger guard i mean you would have to make mm-hmm. that a bigger trigger guard probably i don't know uh yeah no that's a, I, ideas, it's an dude. interesting
2: idea um, that is
0: there was a question out there in the chat um i like flat triggers on ars i'm not a big flat trigger fan on on pistols Uh, That's just me, but there are people out there that that do, so uh, I wanted to make sure that I gave G23 um, the time for that question um they're talking about the reloading side that they want the brass cases that's because brass (laughs) is hard to come by right now so they want (laughs) they want you to pay for the primers in there
1: with it could you put some primers yeah
0: i mean not a problem not a
1: problem nine (laughs) nine millimeter is not i'm still saying nine millimeter like five dollars a hundred for once fired so yeah.
2: You know, dude, like uh, Rob, remember when we had this conversation, it was almost, you know, six, eight months ago and the height ammo was, I don't know how much money. And I was like, we need to get ammo. We need to get nine millimeter ammo in a hurry. And we yeah. bought, you know, I, I, God bless you. You know, we went out stupid and, and,
0: amounts and, and of ammo, sourced I'm sure.
2: ammo, bought it and we probably could have mortgaged. You probably mm-hmm. needed a mortgage to, to afford those drums of ammo that we bought
3: for testing. So we're going through it. Uh, yeah. and I yeah. think the time was 90 cents a round. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. ouch.
3: Ouch. so just uh, you know we talked about the acquisition of lionheart a-, a lot of things mm. are timing and sometimes you get your timing right and sometimes you don't
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> got, so- you got most of your timing right on a lot of things the ammo not so much yeah you could have uh man that sucks <laughs> yeah it was you know, i like the fact that once again you didn't shy away from that investment you knew it was an investment that you had to make and it's going to hurt the pocketbook to get 90 cents around for nine millimeter, but you got to do what you got to do sometimes.
3: Pretty yeah. sure Rob hated me at that point. Well, that Probably. was about the time Rob told me we had just finishing running t- 10,000 rounds through one gun, doing like a life cycle testing. And
0: was- <laughs> 90 cents around <laughs> yeah.
3: now. Was the $10,000 gun test. Now yeah. he said, then uh, he wanted me to take, uh, I think we ended up going with three guns and do the, do um 5,000 rounds through each and then swap all the parts for part compatibility, real life oh, wow. testing. So that was another 15,000 rounds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When he told me about that, I almost had a heart attack.
0: <laughs> so uh, let me get this right. Just saying, throwing it out there, he's one of the guys that's going to ask for forgiveness instead of permission. <laughs> that's how I roll too. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what I think is right. No, by the way, I'll 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 figure out if I can need to ask for uh, forgiveness later on, but uh well, yeah, what, it probably hurt, but it's it's actually probably I think Rob F I, I'd probably say that you're probably ultimately glad that they decided to do that because that's just going to help the quality and and it's going to show your customers that you're serious about it as well.
3: it's really a necessary evil. I mean, he has the best is. He, He's uh, Robs received actually he received firearms that don't function when he goes to write a review about them and you know it's a two-edged sword because it puts the reviewer in a really bad spot not just the the
0: well not some but uh if you're good at what you do and have any respect for uh being legitimate and truthful then yes it puts you in a bad spot for sure
3: so we want to make sure that you know i will be the first one to tell you that nothing in this world's perfect uh including any firearm there's no perfect firearm and there's always you can always test more. Um, you just basically test until you run out of money, uh, is what really what it comes down to. You keep testing and testing and testing. Um, building survival products is not new to me. A gun is a survival product. Right. And, and I've been doing that since 2009. So mm-hmm. I understand that, um, even once the, the product is tested, uh, we'll often have SMEs come back, uh, to us months or years later on the extra tax side and say, Hey, you know, the product works great, but I think you could improve this, this, or this, and we'll make those changes. That's the beauty of making the parts yourself in house. You can. We have a new production run going on the line. We have a work order for it. Hey, let's review the drawings. Let's change this tolerance so that we don't have this issue in the in the in the future, and and move forward. But um, that same thing applies to firearms. We want to make sure that we can get it uh, absolutely as perfect as possible, um, right right off the bat, and then. Um, things happen but we want to try to eliminate those so when we do send it to a customer or a reviewer that uh it's going to be it's going to perform uh better than their expectations yeah my my perspective
2: on that is that every every customer is a reviewer um and i I want to make sure that everybody has the same the same experience with our firearms
0: yeah a reviewer doesn't need to be in a magazine or on youtube it's word of mouth which is probably the strongest review Mm -hmm. you can get is word of mouth so yeah. uh road call nine out there he actually works at an uh an ffl at a gun dealer and uh, he's going to tell his boss but he says i can't wait Tax time can't come <laughs> soon enough um so not only may you get one in his hands but his boss uh, at the gun shop as well so that could be a really cool thing for you guys I would love um it. yeah clove uh before we start sweeping and let them kind of uh for I, I just looked at the time i had no we've been going for an hour and 45 so i apologize for rob and rob i probably had no intention of going this long great conversation for those that are still out there god bless you god bless you uh, especially if you're watching this you're listening in podcast form kudos love you guys um real quick um yeah so um I don't know if you guys know who Yankee Marshall is. Rob C. You probably have through the recoil days. You probably heard of Yankee. Yankee's a, He's he's a friend. He is who he is. Um, he's been talking about you guys a little bit, too, on his channel. That's he's right. been getting some people asking. So the, the word's getting out there. People are starting to hear about this. So um, I, I, I hate to say this. I think you're getting ready to get as busy as you want, or maybe even busier than you want uh, here pretty soon. So that's a that's not a bad thing, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, Chloe, before we let them uh, close out, do you have anything that you need to ask or want to ask before we we move on? Yeah, to I them? want
1: to go back to this three gun mix up the part thing for a second. Yeah, we kind I don't of know over. Or not. So
0: yeah, so like did. what
1: are the what were the particulars? Did you just throw stuff in a box and shake it up, or how did that work? And then what was the what did you learn from it?
2: Well, we go ahead, Rob. <laughs> he's the boss. <laughs> so
3: in the engineering world, you, you, can, you can do dimensions and, and you can do manufacturing prints all you want, right? But it, it's, there's always a design estimate. So you're estimating that these dimensions need to be within these tolerances based on your your experience. And, and uh, I'm not a firearms engineer, but I, I have one on, on payroll, and he's exceptional. He's designed some firearms that all of you guys would know very famous firearms, uh, modern firearms, and, uh, and worked for some companies that you would also know. So he would go through the drawings, but every gun is different. Um, and, and you have to get the gun out there and test there. So if you say, breech face, the hook on the extractor needs to be 40 thousandths or 50 thousandths, um, and you, and, and plus or minus five thousandths of an inch, and you go to the range and you test it and you realize, well, these three guns out of, out of 10 don't work. Why do they not work? So then you got to go back right. and go analyze uh, every single part and use that CMM machine that I showed earlier to measure every part if you haven't if it hasn't been measured already and try to find the discrepancy between the two firearms. Once you've narrowed it down, you're going to realize that your tolerance is too wide, so you need to tighten up that tolerance. That is done through functional testing, and you can test one gun um, and it can work perfectly, and you can test another gun and it might work perfectly. The stars do align. Yep right now and then and, and a production run can be run a part can be run all on the high side of the tolerance meaning if you run a little bit bigger on the entire production run so that production one might run great but then the very next one it's run on the low side or, or a smaller part and all of a sudden you're having all kinds of issues and everybody has right. seen these happen you bought a product before that doesn't work but the reviews oh, are yeah. why doesn't it work well they don't have their their tolerance incorrect and that's what that does we swap around parts um to, to mix and match and, and ideally you choose parts that are high side low side parts uh, okay. if you've measured them uh, and and sometimes you just want to do a random test uh, in this case it was just a random test um okay. some of these parts when we acquired the business were already manufactured we we finished a couple of them but some of the some of the geometry was set and we couldn't change it um sure. so we wanted to just randomize it and, and and do a test to make sure that everything was good and we you know we learned some things from it we learned that Some of the springs are really particular about um, their free length. Free length of a spring is if you just set a spring on a bench and measure it without compressing it. That's the free length, and that affects its ultimate uh, spring rate when you when you use it in practice. And if if those spring rates, uh, I could get very technical, but I'm I'm gonna try not to. Uh, I think you just just did. Yeah, let's just say that the spring. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I'm a
0: marine, bro. I eat crayons. You're way over my educational experience here.
3: Sometimes the springs vary more than the than the than the print says they should, if that makes sense. So yeah, the no, real no, world varies right. more than, than what it is on in CAD, and that that's what you find out when you start making these guns. And that's why I'm making firearms, specifically pistols, because everything is so small and it's all jammed in there, is so challenging. You don't you don't see pistol manufacturers crop up very often at all, brand new ones. It's very very rare that new ones crop up that aren't working on an existing platform because it's extremely extremely challenging uh, and millions and millions and millions of dollars of development um, go into a new pistol platform. And this is not a new pistol platform, but millions right. have still been, been spent on it by, we call it Lionheart Old. So that was the previous uh, previous ownership by Lionheart Old. So there's a huge investment put into this um, and, and we're continuing obviously to invest, but that's why it's so expensive.
0: There, there's a lot to be said. And I'm sure Clover wants to follow-up real quick as well, but there's a lot to be said about Glock. Okay, and good, bad, and different, what Glock has done, and, and that's one of the cool things about Glock, is you could take, theoretically, you take 20 Glock 19 Gen 3s, take them all apart, switch up the parts, and put together 20 Gen 3 Glock 19s, and they'll all fire. Yeah. Whether or not that is a truth or not, that's that's it's fantasy. And, and to a certain extent, that is true, because... They have taken the time to make sure everything is the same, and the fact that you guys are willing to go and do that and make sure that hey, we take we interchange some of these parts to make sure that these things are down to the five hundredth of an inch, in the five thousandth of an inch, the same. That's awesome. That that that's one of those things. Once again, we're talking about quality versus um, value and all of that. I want to know, it's like Rob said, Rob, well, Rob C. said, I want to know when I take this out of the case and I have to shoot it to defend mine or my family's life, I don't have to worry about if it's going to hang up. Ultimately, that's the idea of what these these tools are, so it's pretty cool. Do you have a follow-up, Clove?
1: No, I'm good.
0: Okay, Um, we could go on for six hours. I promise you, we can we can get as nerdy as you want. Uh, So here's what I want to do. I want to give you guys a few minutes each to talk about uh, where they can reach you. I'll be putting links out there in the chat. Anything else that we miss that you want to get out, take this time to do that. But promise me one thing you guys got to come back on. In uh, okay. another time, because I've got maybe 20 more questions throughout this conversation that have popped up in my head on my notepad that we could get as nerdy as you want. But promise me, you guys, will come back soon and we can have another uh, discussion. But I don't want to go much more than two hours because I know that uh, you guys are probably got to use a potty break and all that as well. But uh, I'm going to give you guys a few minutes each to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about, whether it's about the product, the company, anything and everything.
3: Well, I'll just, uh, the the best I can say is um, I would recommend people following us on Instagram. And I know people say that all the time, but uh, part of being different is we want to be transparent. We want to show the process. We want you guys to be involved because a lot of people find it really cool. Obviously, I'm a nerd and and I always have been. And I I love manufacturing and I like stuff, right? So I'm not an
0: engineer, but I'm a nerd. I like to nerd out on stuff, especially stuff that I don't know about because that's really what I like to do.
3: Appreciate it. You can learn something. Heck, who knows? Maybe we'll get somebody in the trade of, of CNC machining. Which, uh, by the way, five xs CNC machinists who program make over six figures. So uh, there's a huge career in blue collar, like like Mike Rowe talks about. And and if if I can convince somebody to get in the field, then then I feel I feel really happy about that. But other than that, I can just educate you guys, to show that hey, this is what it takes to make a firearm. Here's everything that go- gets involved. And um, when we say we're you know we, we're backwatered or we're out of stock, you understand. Why? Because there is so much that goes into building this firearm. There's so many operations and so many coatings and so many processes. Um, But mostly what you'll see is the machining process. And many companies, very, very few show it. Um, A lot of them are worried about uh, trade secrets. And there there are trade secrets and maybe some that we don't show and um, some that we mask off. But at the end of the day, the way I look at it is uh, if you're motivated enough to do it, uh, me hiding it or not showing it, uh, it's it's not going to stop you from doing it. And me showing you might get you a leg up, but you know there's enough there's enough food to go around for everybody. So right. I, I'd rather show it to people. Uh, so if you follow us on Instagram and you and you read the, and you watch the stories, uh, it hasn't started yet. But once I start uh, setting up the barrels in the machine, uh, we'll have some updates here and there. And it'll be a little sporadic. One day you might see some. The next day I probably one day I've got my programming hat on. The next day I've got my uh, CEO hat on. So it depends on which Rob you're talking to that day, which personality.
0: So how do we know which day it is? Like how we when you when Rob when when Rob C walks in the door, how the hell's he gonna know which hat you've got on?
2: You can know, I just, <laughs> you can ask I, him I just assume he's got all of them on. He actually walks yeah, okay. uh, right. around with a stack of hats. <laughs> on hats. <laughs> so it Doesn't me. matter.
3: I, I am I am as unpredictable as unpredictable. So I I can tell you all I can say is just keep an eye out and we'll share some cool stuff on our story that you only see while the story's live. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see how that develops. I'm not, I'm not big on being behind the camera. It's not like, I'm not a Instagram personality and I have zero aspirations to be one, but I also recognize when I, when I share the processes, I've shared the process up for the last year during this Lionheart transition with friends via like, uh, other social media, just privately. Um, they all think it's so cool. Like I'll put on Snapchat, just on my Snapchat story, which is only friends. So, uh, if there's confidential information, nobody really else can see it. And they just think it's so cool to see the the CAD or the CNC or whatever. Absolutely. So I realized maybe other people want to see it. So we'll we'll see where it goes. If it goes somewhere, maybe we'll we'll develop it into like a weekly thing. But for now, it's gonna just be a little bit um, impromptu.
0: Absolutely, that would be that would be really cool to see as well. Um, yeah, like I said, I I enjoy seeing and learning about that stuff. I don't understand. Um, all of it, but I think it is. It is once again pulling that curtain back and seeing what's behind the curtain, I think is a valuable, powerful thing that a lot of companies don't do. That I think customers appreciate that they really don't want to see, they want to know, like, oh man, he's serious about this, and that's pretty cool. And yeah, you know, oh, that's how a barrel's made. I had no idea how a barrel, you know, or whatever it might be. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah
3: you'll see so just i mean a good way to learn is just to follow uh you know literally just like i said follows on instagram for example i have this block of aluminum sitting next to me and if you noticed it's oh. so this is this is how our frames all start out as a solid billet that has been water jet cut cut out of a seventy seventy five aluminum plate uh and then you'll have to watch our instagram channel to see the rest i've
0: got the links out there i've got links to guys if you're um if you're watching live or in replay the links for the website, Facebook and Instagram are there. They'll also be in the description. If you're listening to podcasts, they'll be in the description as well. So you
3: have links to all of those things as well. We appreciate that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, that's what we're here for. Like I said, um, we're here. I, I I don't bring people on just to bring people on. And um, I, I like bringing companies on that I like. And we've got a phone call. This might take a while. Hold on just a second. Pat Hirsch. Hey, Pat Hirsch. Yeah, let's see what this is real quick arm citizen podcast who's this
2: uh take a wild guess
0: hey pat how you doing man uh, we've been going no, for almost too. two hours so I, i'm going to preface this i'm loving to have you on let's uh ask a quick question if you don't mind these guys have been on on air for two hours so if you don't mind making it, quick, we'll, we'll do that
2: yeah no actually i just wanted to uh throw a comment to the guys oh, out there awesome. Uh love what you're doing I think it's absolutely awesome. i uh, been following you guys for a little bit now and yeah, like that you guys were pulling the curtain back and just kind of showing kind of how everything was going and everything. So that was really my only comment tonight.
3: And just to say, Hey to everybody to uh, clove and everybody on the panel tonight.
0: So, awesome. Having you, man. Great. Thank you.
3: Thank well, you thanks for having me on tonight. I appreciate it.
1: Have a good
0: absolutely. One. You too, bro. All
1: right, Pat. All right.
0: Later. Later, Pat, man. Be good. Yeah. I like having the phone calls. That's one of those things where Pat calls a lot, but uh, he only calls if he's interested in something. So that's, that's a good mm-hmm. thing that uh, you, you struck something with them. And, and that's a good, I think he's in Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken. Is that mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Nebraska? Yeah. Pretty sure He's in Nebraska. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, if, if I could close out, the only thing I, I wanted to, <laughs> to, to point out is that our, our company motto means a lot to us. Um, and that's, heirloom quality and combat ready. And those are two things that, that we really, really strive for And every pistol that goes out and everything that we do revolves around, you know, those four words. Uh, and I hope that our, our customers can appreciate that. And
0: that's really about it. That's for sure. And I uh, really love having you guys. Like I said, I'm serious. Uh, I know we went a lot longer than we thought. I had no idea. It's a good conversation, but I've got so much more. I've got mm-hmm. so much more. I got to know. So uh, I'd love to have you guys back on another month or so and, and and all of that. Real quick, we had a poll out there. What's the most important when buying a gun? Uh, coming in first place with 47% is features, price at 29%, aesthetics at 13%, and 9% with customer support. Um, interesting. I, I thought that – interesting. I'll just say interesting. Interesting. Um, so yeah we're all thinking the same thing <laughs> yeah i think so too um yeah but uh yeah thanks everybody for watching live clove as always um real quick before we head out let people know what you've got going on in your channel podcast and all of that take a few minutes to uh to uh sweep the floor
1: uh video drop today uh as they normally do on a tuesday one of uh probably the very first full length anyway videos comparison between the brg9 uh which we uh premiere of that or the world premiere that was at at shot this year at range day Mm -hmm. uh comparison between it and what uh, people are saying it's a copy of which is the xd9 just so happens i have an xd9 and i have a brg9 here and did that comparison? Is it, uh, is it a copy? You have to watch the video and find out, right? Um, as, far <laughs> well done, as, uh, as far as as far as podcast, I'm actually looking forward. I think we're scheduled to talk to Rob Squared on a podcast end of Marches, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, this week we've got uh, Thrum, Ricochet, Free Targets, and Breek Arms lined up for Wednesday and Thursday on the podcast. So get over there, set the reminders on those, and join us for
0: that awesome yeah as always uh we got some stuff coming out uh, a lot of products obviously we we, we saw a shot show um gonna be doing some reviews for some of those products more importantly uh next week's show we have cat from global Ordnance going to be coming and joining us so if you guys are interested they've got the Strybog, but they've got uh ammo they've got a couple uh a rex or eric i don't even really know how to say it but uh a rex um firearms to talk about a couple new models out there so uh if you guys are familiar with global Ordnance, come by next week we'll uh have cat on she's a trip by the way so if you never met cat you're gonna be in for a treat <laughs> shes uh re- i think rob you probably know cat uh, she was with a couple different uh, she's she's fun i'll put it that way she's she's definitely yeah, a fun from adam's arm Uh uh, i think she likes
2: motors i think she likes uh motorcycles
0: she does uh and she'll tell you she'll tell you what's on her mind too Uh, she's awesome Mm -hmm. but yeah looking forward to that uh pat appreciate you brother uh ten dollar super chat thanks everyone to the super chat you guys know where that money goes i appreciate you guys um so yeah uh thank you everyone for asking the questions out there if you're watching live and you're still here Thank you, guys. If you're watching this in replay or listening in podcast form for two hours, bless you, bless you, bless you. Um, you might need therapy.
1: Be- Just saying. What's that? You might need therapy. Just saying. You might need
0: therapy, 100%. Um, anyone that listens or watches my stuff to begin with might need therapy. Just saying. Um, but no, thanks everyone. That's always watching, always supporting the channel, supporting the, 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 products and the companies we work with. Uh, it means a great deal to me to know that you guys, for some reason, trust what we do around here and, and take that. But, uh, yeah, thanks for the Rob squared for coming on. We appreciate you guys We look forward to, uh, having you guys back, uh, sometime and maybe getting nerdy, uh, down some of those lines as well. But guys, thank you so much for watching. I hope everybody had a great Valentine's day uh, yesterday and everyone get to the range, be more proficient with your firearms, take someone new to the range. We all remember what the first experience and that adrenaline rush was, with the first time we pulled a trigger, take someone new to firearms out there. You never know. You could turn them into an ally. Make sure you're keeping up with all two way legislatives and your local state and federal um, representatives out there. Make sure you're holding them to the fire and if you don't like what they're doing, then vote them out. The midterms are going to be very crucial this year. We will see you next week. Simplify.